how we bless God today and that God in Christ has presented us alive and brought us to this holy place, this place of worship, this place of praise, this place of prayer. To Dr. Cofield and to the ministerial staff too, the deacons to the officers and members of the Good Hope Church, I give God thanks for this day that God has once again presented us alive. First Lady Tory, we join in in celebrating uh, as you all are celebrating your birthday on this day. I was sitting there and I was thinking in my mind, uh, what a power, a power couple we're celebrating today. This pastor and this first lady, what a power couple we're celebrating. You know about Dr. Cofield. He stands before you. Sunday in and Sunday out and through the weekend at the hospital beds and at the deaths of counseling and in times when you need a word you know about him and the awesome gift that God has placed in him. But many of you don't know what a powerful woman Lady Tory is and what she means in not only the Houston community, but the great work she does nationally. And what a great contributor she is. My wife can really talk about her. She will be with us at the 10 o'clock. She, she, she knows Lady Tory and the great work that she's doing. And I wanna celebrate you, baby. Before I celebrate my little brother, I want to, I want to celebrate you. Now, y'all, when you, when you get to be my age, uh, you'll come to understand. You go to bed feeling one way, and through the night hours, something happens. And you wake up feeling another way. And I was thinking in my mind this morning, how did I let DZ talk me into to this? I said, it's only because I love that Negro. It's only because I love him, I respect him, I honor him. And, and I just appreciate the tremendous work that God in Christ is doing through him. I was listening, I was listening as he was talking. I was listening as he was talking. And um, he was talking about our late friend, his late pastor, Dr. E.K. And he was saying that E.K. said, um, was talking about our ministry and 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 me having a great mind 
And I was saying that, that as it used to be, as it used to be so, 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 so I understand now what my mama and them used to say. Uh, don't charge it to my heart. Charge it to my head. And so if I get offline here today, don't charge it to my heart. Charge it to my head. I, I want to, I want to read the scripture, if I might. And uh, it's found in Matthew chapter 1. And it, uh, beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I want to talk this morning about a savior is born. A savior is born. When we encounter the event of Advent, we are at once brought into focus to see God in his love, God in his mercy, God in his power, when we view Advent, we see the sovereign God standing once again all by himself and doing the marvelous and the miraculous over and beyond our ability to really understand. God who stood in creation is now once again standing in recreation. God who has formed man in his own image and watched him in his lostness is now standing looking upon man again and providing for him that which he could not provide for himself. God has given to man 
antidote to what man did in the garden. He has now placed it in the manger. And he is recreating us and bringing about a new kingdom, a kingdom wherein he stands in his sovereignty, doing what only he's able to do. He shows his sovereign power by overcoming that which we would think is the biological processes of life. And he touches a little virgin girl as he begins his movement of bringing about redemption and recovery for all humankind. His sovereignty is seen as he presents to us a savior, untouched by the blood of humankind, a savior who is born in purity, a savior who is born in power. We see his sovereignty. We see his movement. Adam sinned in the garden. And God gives Jesus in the manger. And that which has been lost in the garden is once again found and recovered in the manger. But we see the sovereignty of God because we see God moving as only God wants to move. He does not move according to the rudiments of humankind, but he moves according to his own time. Because had it been me, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, I would have immediately done what was necessary to bring about recovery, to bring about redemption. But God doesn't work like we want him to work. He doesn't move like we want him to move. For he's not governed by hours and minutes. He's governed by two things. Yeah. He's governed by uh, what I like to call uh, in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, in the, he, he, he's moved by in the fullness of time. He's not moved by our time, but in the fullness of his time. And so Isaiah talks about a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He talks about a savior will be given. But over 700 years passed by before Jesus is actually born. Because God is not squeezed into moving according to our time. He moves by his time. And one of the problems that we have is how to live in the gap. How to 
us live in the gap of God. Because sometimes promise is here, but fulfillment is here. And the problem that we have is how do we stand when it seems like God delays? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? It seems like God is, is not on time. It seems like God is too slow. But sometimes God has to do some stuff between promise and fulfillment. And it's not that he has to do something for himself, but he has to do something for us. Because sometimes God has to get us ready to receive the promise because if he gives us the promise too soon we won't know how to appreciate it and so God delayed and he gives Jesus and so and so and so you 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 need to understand you can't hurry the heart you just got to wait you, you can't rush him. You got to wait on him. But if you wait on him, the reality is God keeps his word. And God will do what he said he will do. Now, now lest I hold you too long, the Bible says that it was on the hillside that angels began to sing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And God shows up in Mary. And, 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 and let me say this, and, and, and I'm closing, I'm closing up. Getting close. God in his sovereignty moves in his own time. But God in his sovereignty doesn't just move in his own time. God in his sovereignty uses who he wants to use. He chose Mary. Now Mary was not who's who in Jerusalem. She was not the representative in the beauty contest in Bethlehem. She was just a little virgin girl of no reputation. Now for us, we would have thought that God would have chosen somebody from the upper echelon, but God chose Mary because God can use Whoever he wants to use, God can take the ordinary and do the spectacular. God can take the mundane and do the miraculous. God uses who he and I'm glad about that. Because if God didn't use who he wanted to use, he would have passed over me. He would have passed over you. But God uses who he wants to use. And it is through Mary that God gives us 
a savior. His, he shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And God saves us because we are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God saves us from our sins. And the first thing God saves us from is the penalty of sin. There is now therefore no condemnation in those of us who have believed and loved God. God saves us from the penalty of sin for when Jesus came, he stood in our place and he died for our sins. And because of him, I'm not condemned. I am counted as innocent because of his blood. He saves us from the penalty. And then he saves us from the power of sin. We can walk in righteousness if we want to. We can live a holy life if we want to. We can walk in a way that's pleasing in the sight of God if we want to because when Jesus came he brought unto us the Holy Ghost to indwell us to cleanse us to make us whole and if we want to we can live a life above sin it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect but it does mean we can be blameless and there's some stuff that we give in to. We don't have to do that because we have the power of God's Holy Ghost and we can be above a sinful life. Once God saves us, he makes us new creatures and old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. And the only reason why they won't become new is because we're trying to keep on holding to the old. But when you give your life to Christ and when you really walk with him, you can say like the old folk, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. He saves us from the penalty he saves us from the power and one day he will save us from the presence of sin I don't know when that'll be but one of these old days when God calls us up he will call us away from the presence of sin and so I celebrate this morning and I thank God that God gave us Jesus and in Jesus, we have a Savior. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for salvation.